friends, there's a famous quote about parenting. The days are long, but the years are short. And parents are encouraged to enjoy every memory. But let's talk about how to process your mental health in those moments. Stay tuned. I'm Ashley White, the host of Joy on the Journey podcast, a weekly podcast all about defining, finding, and maintaining joy on the journey of life. I promised transparent and informative interviews. And this week, we are in for a treat. I have an expert with us this week, the Dr. Rochelle Whitaker. She is an educational psychologist, parenting coach, and author. She's devoted to educating, equipping, and empowering parents. Dr. Rochelle, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited, y'all. Can you tell? (laughs) So while I am not a mom, I know that so many of you watching are parents or aspiring parents. So I hope that you will stay tuned and write note. But Dr. Rochelle, this podcast is about defining joy, finding joy, and maintaining joy on the journey. So if you had to define joy, what does it look like and smell like to you? (laughs) So for me, I would say joy is peace. Mm. Um, Peace that you have no matter what is going on around you. It can oftentimes seem elusive, but I I believe that you can get to that place. You can get to a place where you are in a steady state of peace. So have you always had that definition? (laughs) I think that the definition came to me in the last few years. I had a definition of success and prior to the pandemic, I was chasing what I defined as success. Mm. And with that came a lot of, I would say turmoil. But what I realized during the pandemic when I slowed down and, and gave the Holy Spirit really room to, to do what he wanted to do was that I was really seeking fulfillment mm-hmm. and not fulfillment and success can be, but don't have to be synonymous. Um, and so what it became for me is one in the same. And so success for me is fulfillment in the thing that God has placed in me to do. Mm-hmm. And so that has led me to having peace because I'm not trying to force things or make things happen. I'm not trying to have to choose between my family and my career. It's it's settling into this place of peace and allowing God to, to have mm-hmm. his way. Wow. I think so many people, the pandemic gave them time. Yes. And that space when you're, chasing Mm -hmm. and that rat race of, well, I gotta go, I gotta do, I gotta go. And the stillness, while it was incredibly sad that we were forced to sit, but in that stillness of, well, what is important to me? Mm -hmm. What do I really want my life to mean? If you had to be known for something for you, what would that be? So if you're asking me just in general, a great mom and a great wife to my, to my sons and and to my husband, a great daughter, 
uh, a great sister, a great friend. Because I, what I realized at the end of the day, the people that are closest to you are the people that will mourn your loss the greatest. You know, mm-hmm. your life with them has the greatest impact. And so while I do desire to help others, I want to make sure I'm present and, and around supportive of the people that are closest to me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I want to shift to your career as a educational psychologist and maternal mental health expert. <laughs> what inspired you to pursue a career in the medical field and specifically mental health? So interestingly enough, I've wanted to do what I'm doing different uh, facets of it since I was in high school. So I took a psychology class and I fell in love and then I, my friends would always just ask me for advice. And so it just seemed like a good fit. And so I've, I was, I've been in the pursuit of this field ever since. Really? So you have always been that, Hey, I got a question. Yes. (laughs) Gets on my family's nerves, but yes, like this, this doesn't make sense. Why is this, this, and this, and this? That doesn't make sense. And they're like, oh my gosh, she always has all these questions, but yes. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> so do you find yourself now as the person, do you have to turn away your friends and say, okay, I'm not your therapist. You probably should see someone for that. Or do you still give them advice? I don't know. I'm not really sure how they view me. I mean, they still come and, you know, come to me and ask me questions, but it's not um, in a way where I feel like I'm having to put on my therapist hat. Okay. Um, now, my husband has said, <laughs> I am not your therapy client. Can you can you stop analyzing me? So he's told me that, but I, my friends, not so much, because maybe, maybe I don't do it with them as much, and I do it more so with him. I don't know. So do you believe that parents, especially mothers, would benefit from seeing a licensed therapist? I do. Um because there's a huge transition when you go from, you know, just being you and your spouse to, or you as a single mom or however that happens, um, bringing a child into this world is a huge transition. Um, and I think that it is beneficial for uh, a mom to have someone to talk to, not even when you're having a child, but as your kids transition and you find yourself transitioning and find yourself in different spaces. So moms who may be, um, you know, going from even that transition from elementary to middle school, from middle school to high school, from high Mm -hmm. school to college, and then, you know, from college to now, you know, your child is often on their own. So every time there's a transition, I think it's, it's helpful to have, you know, a therapist to kind of talk about your feelings and what you're experiencing. I have heard so many people, boy mom, girl mom, Mm -hmm. you are a mom of two boys. Yes. Do you feel pressure to get it right? Whatever right is. That's an interesting question. And it's interesting that you asked that because I was just thinking about this um, today. I don't know if I necessarily what I what I want to impress upon my sons, I want to be honest and authentic with them. Mm. And so often I've heard, you know, when if couples are in marital distress, you know, after a baby comes and maybe the wife is experiencing some kind of depression or anxiety, I hear them oftentimes say, my mom didn't experience this. I even hear, you know, women saying, well, why am I struggling? Because my mom didn't struggle. And, you know, so we'll have to dig a little bit. But what I'm trying to do as a mom is to show my sons that I can be strong and 
have feelings at the same time. I can be strong mm-hmm. and be emotional at the same time because your kids watch you. Yeah. And so what I realize is that oftentimes as moms, we put up this, you know, we don't want to, you know, let our kids know that we're upset. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they have no framework for that when they get into, you know, relationships. Oh, my mom was strong and she didn't feel this and she didn't feel that. Yes, she did. She just didn't show you. Mm. Um, And so I want to be honest with my sons and let them know, like, yeah, I very much have been sad. I've I've been depressed. Um, I want to talk about it with them so that when they find themselves um, you know, in a, in a similar situation or, or married and having struggles. Oh yeah. My mom was strong, but she let us know that this is what, you know, this is how she was feeling and this is how we can manage it. Yeah. You want them to see your humanity. Yes. Yeah. I love that because sometimes we idolize marriages or we idolize mothers. Yes. We put them up on this pedestal because and we should in certain respects, yes. right? We should respect them and hold them up in high esteem, but we don't allow them to be human. Right. And that's not fair to them. Right. Or to us, because they set a standard, but that's not the standard. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. And so I think that's important and a great job. I often hear my mom friends talk about this thing called mommy guilt. <laughs> what is it? It's real. It's this feeling of really not ever doing enough, being enough, like, you know, say for instance, um, I experienced it with my oldest son, um, leaving him for the first time. It's like, oh no, like I shouldn't be doing this. I don't know if he's going to be okay. And it's really more, it's really more about you than it is about them because my son was fine. He was having (laughs) the time of his life. He was like, mommy, who? Like what? But for me, I was like, you know, should I be doing this? Is this a good idea? Mm. Is it too early? You know, all of the things that, you know, you you think about when you're doing something that's maybe new or 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 for the first time or even something that you're doing. I mean, you've done it countless times or maybe you're somebody has said something about it Mm. um, and you're like, "Ooh, should I be doing this? And so you feel guilty. There's a sense of of guilt that you have about leaving your child or whatever the case may be. And so, yes, mommy guilt is real. (laughs) Okay, how have you found to cope or manage the guilt or the pressure that comes with it? So I look at the truth of the situation. Like with my son, when I left him for the first time, he was fine. Mm. It was like, it was like, (laughs) which was crazy because he was young, but it's like he had been, because I left him with my parents and it's like he had been with them the whole time. He wasn't crying. I mean, he was having like the best time. And so I look at like the truth of the situation, right? Because we tell ourselves these stories um, that aren't real. Mm -hmm. And so whenever I'm facing some form of mommy guilt, like today, my son had a basketball game. Um, I had uh, testing being done in my office. I had to let uh, my evaluator in um, and I was late to my son's game. And so for the, for the, England of a second I was like he's gonna know that I'm not here I was like he's fine he has a whole lot of support there and I can say I'm here I may have missed the first 15 minutes but I'm here and so just bringing truth to to a lie because that's really what that guilt Mm -hmm. is it's just a lie wow bringing truth to a lie Mm -hmm. that's so powerful so so powerful and I hope that frees someone that has been suffering or trying to be all things for all people. It's okay. It's going to be okay. I do wonder when it says, you know, the, it says earlier 
the days are long, but the years are short to enjoy every moment. How do you stay in the moment? And so I'll go back to this. I think before the pandemic, I don't think I did. I don't think I did a very good job of it. But with the pandemic and really slowing down, because interestingly enough, um, I was I had written in my journal and I was like, Lord, I really want to spend more time with my sons because at the time I was in school. So I was just juggling all these things. And so I was like, I want to spend more time with them. I didn't know that we were going to be on lockdown. They were going to be homeschooled. I mean, we were together a lot. I didn't know it was going to be quite to that degree. But I, I had I had said that. And um, what I realized was we were losing kind of touch with each other by in that busyness Mm. so um and what i mean is like you know just taking them from from place to place having them in all of these different things um what i realized was like they just wanted to be yeah and so kind of you know in in learning in this whole learning process i'm like it's okay to be we don't have to do five million things and then the being that means being present and reminding myself you know everything else stops i'm here with them full time they have my full attention and I'm just going to be with them um in the moment and yeah. so whenever I start to think about something else I'm like nope this this is where we are this is what we're doing right now that's good for all of us is to just stay in the moment our brains naturally go to well I want to do oh okay wait no yes but I could be oh because we have trained our brains to multitask yes and it's so hard. It is. But you can't do multiple things well at one time. No. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's so right, but also. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things you quote on your Facebook page is harmony. Mm-hmm. Tell me why you chose harmony and not balance. Well, just like I said, you can't do multiple things at one time and be good at everything. Mm-hmm. So I think there's this, there's this an illusion about balance. Like you, you have to balance. It's not really about balancing. It's really about creating this place of harmony, knowing that maybe this priority takes precedent for this moment. Not to say that the other thing is not important, but for right now, the priority is getting this done. And so it's creating a harmonious state within yourself and within the things you have to do. You know, if you're going to, be you know a mom and have a career and be a a a wife all of those things are important but Mm -hmm. some things are going to take precedence over something else at some point that's just how life works Mm -hmm. um and so it's about creating a harmony and being okay with the fact that you have to prioritize one thing for that moment over something else right that's so good what advice would you have for new moms that are trying to figure out this harmony because their lives have now shifted in a very dramatic fashion they may have had a very good harmony yes them and their spouse or them by themselves they were working them them things out (laughs) now here comes this new person that they love a whole lot but whoa they came in with a whole different symbol (laughs) right (laughs) for new moms for new parents i would say the most important thing is asking for help Mm. Um, having a village around you um, to to offer you support. So I saw uh, this morning on Instagram, it was a mom. uh, She was coming to her best friend's house to bring her baby so she could take a nap. Mm. So it's having that kind of village or that kind of support. And it looks different for everyone. You know, your daycare sometimes is your support. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's having that level of support and even asking for help because sometimes that's 
that's the thing too. Um, no one knows that you're over here suffering because you haven't said anything. And so it's, it's asking for help and having that village to support you. That's good. That's good. Asking for support. Mm -hmm. Asking for help is very important. You are also a podcaster. <laughs> I am. What inspired Raising Sons? I want to say it was my sons, um, but it, it it wasn't them in it in entirely. Um, I have had a love for working with men and boys for a long time. And that's something that just kind of rose up or the Holy Spirit reminded me of during the pandemic. Mm. Because when I graduated from um undergrad and I was going into uh, grad school I wanted to work in the prisons in the in mm. in the prisons with men helping them to to improve their lives and so that was like kind of my focus um, my initial thought was to do psychology and law wow. um, and then I realized that maybe if I started a little bit younger I'd have greater success gotcha. just over time um, I had a cousin when I was, uh, he's a few years younger than I am. He had, um, he had, has ADHD. Mm -hmm. um, and because of, you know, lack of knowledge, lack of resources, um, his life just has taken on a different trajectory. And um, I have always, um, some other things happened. And what I realized was that I, I had been in this mode to try to save I was trying I wanted to save him and I couldn't and so since then I had been in this mode to save boys wow um and so they just have my heart and so it's it's no surprise that God would give me sons mm. um but I do think it's a different kind of parenting when you are of a different gender gotcha. so there's so many things that my husband has had to point out to me where I find even them telling me like mom don't do that like that's embarrassing or you know just different things that I found um in raising sons that's just different than um I didn't grow up with brothers so I don't know what what that's like I've had cousins but it's different mm -hmm. um and so I was like, if I'm experiencing this like this, I know there are other moms who are experiencing the same things um, and there's things to look out for or even um, why maybe it's not good to hug your son when he's, you know, at his track meet or those kind of things. Gotcha. And so I love them um, and they're different. They they are different from me. We're wired differently. We mm -hmm. think differently. And so I think that's something that, you know, parents, you know, raising the podcast is just giving old to that. So how can people find the podcast? It's everywhere you can find a podcast. So it's on Apple, Spotify, all the places that you can find podcasts. Excellent. And if you had to tell folks, listen to this particular episode it is the defining episode for Raising Sons. Which one would that be? So I, I would actually say listen to the trailer. The trailer. Because it talks about all the different episodes we'll cover on the podcast. And so I'd say listen to the trailer. Listen to the trailer. So listen to <laughs> the trailer, Raising Sons. Excellent. I do have one question before we shift to the final segment. What are you or what is the one thing you want your sons to know about black women watching you? Wow. I think the most important thing that I want my sons to know is that while we're while we are strong, there's a humanity or there is a softness to us. Mm. Um, and so I know and I'm a work in progress, I know that they don't always see the softer side of me. And so I want to be more um, intentional about allowing them to see that, not just the strength. And and part of that is because they will encounter women, you know, all throughout their lives 
or even when they get married and to be able to know that yeah my wife is strong and I love that about her but there's also a tenderness to her Mm -hmm. that I that I need to make sure that I'm you know speaking to talking to understanding Um, and I just think that it'll be so much easier for them if if I'm able to show that to them and then they're able to do that with their their wife and and other women that are coming to their lives. Excellent. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So the final segment is where we talk about your journey ahead. (laughs) So as you seek the Lord for the next phase of your joy journey, would you dare share your hope for yourself, for your family, for your practice for the over the next five years? Where do I want to start? With my family, I my hope is that we leave a legacy of not generational wealth, but emotional wholeness. Um, because I know we talk a lot about generational wealth, but if you don't have the if you don't have the knowledge and the understanding that goes along with that, that can be corrupted, right? Mm. Um, but I, I want them to have that whole emotional wellness so that it's out of fulfillment and joy that they're able to serve others and that that wealth is not just for them, it's for everybody else they're a blessing to others that's my hope for for um for my sons and and for our family in the next five years and i'm just we're constantly teaching and being intentional about emotional wellness and um helping them to understand how that then helps them with you know building wealth in terms of the practice my hope and prayer is that it grows and that it becomes one of the premier places where families who have children who are suspected of or who have a disability can come to um, and not just get uh, a diagnosis, but they also can get the additional services that are so much needed um, that I think leave parents with confusion when they, after they have a child with a disability. Um, and so having that wraparound service, being in, in, in corporate sectors where we're, you know, working with parents that are coming that transition back from maternity paternity leave. Um, and then um, raising sons is, is, is doing what it's doing. And um, I'm speaking hopefully internationally. So the, the podcast is really picked up in um, South Africa. Nice. Yeah. So that's, it, it's really interesting and it's only, you know, we've rebranded. And so that's only been in the last three months. So Um, I'm excited to see where that goes and hope that grows in the next five years. That's awesome. That's incredible. (laughs) That's awesome, 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 incredible. And so we, I want to thank you for your work and your diligence, your advocacy for individuals, especially children with special needs. Mm -hmm. Um, I serve as the disability program manager for um, employees with disabilities at Johnson Space Center. And it is needed. as adults, but especially as children mm-hmm. and parents need to know that they have resources that are available yes. so that when they become adults, they can advocate for themselves. Absolutely. And know that their disabilities are not weaknesses, mm-hmm. just differences. Yes. So the work is so vital. Um, and so thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. So where can people find your services for testing services you can um find us at providentialcounseling.com our office is in third ward um for everything else you can find me at rochellewhitaker.com please (laughs) please comment your favorite takeaway from this episode and until we gather again every single thursday be sure to like, share, and subscribe on YouTube and on Apple Podcasts. And until we gather again, may God increase your joy.
grant you strength for the journey, and give you the courage to tell your story. Bye, friends. Bye.